You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM, 312-255-8408. We are, again, live streaming here from our studio for Catholic Chicago. Father Greg Sakowitz, the rector of Holy Name Cathedral, and co-hosting Mark Teresi, executive director of Holy Name Cathedral. Mark, how are you this morning? Very good, very good. Nice little wintry chill in the air. Yeah, it, uh, we figure Saturday, All Hallows Eve. Halloween, Sunday, November 1, All Saints Day. A week from today, November 2, All Souls Day. So, you know, the, as much as we're going through COVID-19, the time is flying. We have four granddaughters, and they sent a picture dressed for Halloween. And our little one, Nellie, who's four, five months old, had big curlers in her in a hat. Um, they were Greece. They, they were all the characters from oh, Greece, and she looked so cute. Now, do you remember, what was your first Halloween outfit? Do you remember? Uh, might have been Casper. I remember I was in kindergarten, so it would be 62 years ago. I was uh, Mr. Magoo. Oh. <laughs> I remember asking Bishop Barron, what was your very first costume you remember as a, as a, as a boy? He said he was dressed as a priest. Uh, he was a priest. I was Mr. Magoo. <laughs> Three, and, one, the rest, and the rest is history. <laughs> the rest is history. So you were cast for the friendly ghost. Great program lined up. 312-255-8408. Oh, by the way, gold bears for tonight. Yes. Big game Big. at the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, bears are underdogs, which is it's okay, but you got to just go out there and, you know, tough defense, and now they got to get a run game going, and Show some offense. So. I hope people are watching on YouTube see your uh, Bears. Yeah, go Bears. Yes, go Bears. Go Chicago <laughs> Bears. Dr. Edward Gordon is joining us this morning. He is the Grant Park Monument Commission individual. He has much to share with us about recent controversies regarding historic statues in public places and the call to remove some of these statues. The temporary removal of Christopher Columbus statues from Grand Park and Arrigo Park here in Chicago are just two small examples. So, Dr. Edward Gordon, welcome to the program this morning. How are you, Edward? Fine. Aren't you going to ask me what costume I had? What costume did you have when you were your earliest recollection, Edward? Being a historian, Robin Hood. Oh. You were Robin Hood. How old were you? Oh, about seven. I was going to say <laughs> 19. <laughs> Be careful. <laughs> Seven years old, and you were Robin Hood. How is better, Elaine doing? Both of you better be very careful. Yes. <laughs> we'll, we'll try to be in our best behavior, Edward. We're trying. How is your lovely wife, Elaine, doing? Well, she's listening in right now to, to uh, note all our mistakes. <laughs> Good morning to you, Elaine. Good uh, and, uh, Edward and Elaine, the Gordons, are very active at the cathedral. Now, this whole topic, Edward, is so important. So much has transpired since the summertime. Yes. removal of this statue or this one. 
Uh, give us some of the background and the historicity that involves removal of statues and the why of it. Well, first of all, this is a historical issue. This is a, a social issue. It's an emotional issue. It's a political issue. It's many things going on at once. Let's take a look at the historical context. How do we judge whether a particular monument or statue uh, is correct for today? Well, first of all, what was the purpose of the monument when, when it was put up? What, what, what was it honoring, all right? What did this person do in their life? Second, um, or I, well, first of all, the purpose, and then uh, what was an intended honor that they accomplished? And finally, is that purpose now overshadowed by subsequent history, meaning it doesn't really matter anymore? Or is the purpose, how is it still valued by our society, all right? So let's take a look at, first of all, the first question. When we honor someone in uh, an issue that they accomplished in their life, we are taking a look at that particular issue. Uh, for Christopher Columbus, it was he was the first explorer to sail to the West. He was looking for China. He accidentally bumped into North and South America, right? A little all detour. Right. Now, after that, an agent exploration swept Europe. Many other people followed him, but he was the first one to start. If you read Samuel Eliot Morrison's biography of Christopher Columbus, uh, which is a classic on the, on the topic, you will see that over and over and over again. Secondly, uh, did this man have problems? Was he perfect? No. And what about the age in which he lived? Is that age, 1492, any different than 2020? Uh, yes, I think it is. Mm -hmm. Do the things they valued in 1492, is it the same as today? Uh, well, let's see. Slavery was endemic across the whole world then. Europe, Africa, Asia, all over. Even in the Americas, uh, Native American tribes enslaved one another. Uh, well, slavery still exists today. We all know that, and that's unfortunate, and it's awful. But we've outlawed it. Most all major countries have basically outlawed it, as far as we know. So if we use historical presentism, the values we have today, and project that back on Christopher Columbus, how does he look? Not very good. Not very good at all. There are things going on there. Uh, let's see. Does the Roman Catholic Church still have the Inquisition? Are we still burning people at the stake? Well, no. Well, we did it then. Well, that means that the Catholic Church today is irrelevant. Well, no, that was a long time ago, and things have changed, haven't they? Yeah. The Church persecuted Jews in 1492. Do we do that today? Well, I don't think so. So you have to be very careful, because what's happening now, of course, is that in the United States, 700,000 Americans died in the Civil War to pass that 13th Amendment that ended slavery in 1865. And by the way, for our listeners, it were the Republicans who were fighting to pass that amendment, and the Democrats were bitterly opposed to passing that amendment in our Congress, not just the South, which seems strange to us, doesn't it? Uh, in certain contexts today, looking at politics. Now, Ed, but, can I back up a little bit just so people understand? 
So you're on the Grant Park Monument Commission. Yes, there's a number of people on the commission. This is the Friends of the Grant Park, and I was asked to serve on the commission as a historian to provide context. Now, what's interesting to me is 12 months ago, nobody ever heard of the Grant Park Monument Commission. Oh, it's been around for a long time. These are the friends. In terms of your visibility now, in terms of these these political, social issues, uh, where, where, does, where does your decision-making fit in? Well, the commission will make a recommendation to the uh, board of directors of the Grant, Friends of Grant Park. Okay. They, in turn, will make a recommendation to the mayor. The mayor makes the final decision. And then can you, can you just describe for the listeners the Christopher Columbus, the removal of that statue. How did well, that happen? Uh, that happened, uh, as far as I can tell, because anarchists wanted to blow the statue up. And as far as I can tell, of course, that presented a, a life threat to uh, the people and also to the police officers guarding it. So the mayor took the statue and stored it somewhere. We don't know. I don't know where it is. All right. Uh, but remember now, this all started because uh, of the racial incidents, the murders that occurred, the black, the African Americans that were uh, shot by police. And the Black Lives Matter movement calls for the removal of monuments to people that they judge violate their ideology and moral standards. Now, let's face it. The Black Lives Matter movement wants to end acts of violence and injustice participated by racism, and it calls for the recognition of minority achievements throughout the course of U.S. history. And is this a systemic problem that still exists in the United States today? Yes, the answer is yes. It existed in, uh, during the Civil War, after the Civil War. It certainly existed in the times of Christopher Columbus. Uh, the question, though, is if you, if you use historical presentism to judge past events, such as Christopher Columbus, it begins to use a cancel culture and identity politics to expunge those with whom they disagree from history. Now, now say more about that, Edward. Say more about that. Well, uh, in other words, uh, there's a famous book that uh, Orwell wrote, George Orwell, uh, called 1984. Mm -hmm. And in the book, he makes the statement, every statue and street and building has to be renamed. Every date has to be changed. History has stopped. Nothing exists except an endless present in which the party in power is always right. All right. So are we going to basically, every time there is a change in a political party in America or a mass movement, cancel out the background. Such as, there are people that now say Abraham Lincoln was a bigot. Mm -hmm. He did not believe in racial equality. All of his statues should be removed. George Washington had slaves. Tear down the Washington Monument. Tear down the Lincoln Memorial. Jefferson had slaves. Destroy the Jefferson Memorial. All right, who wrote the, the Declaration of Independence, Thomas Jefferson, who was president of the United States that did the important Louisiana Purchase? Did George Washington lead the army that helped us to end the 
uh, colonial period with Great Britain? Was he the one that established many of the traditions, rules, and regulations of the presidency and helped bring the country together? What about the achievements of these men? Were they perfect? Hey, George even had wooden teeth. He wasn't perfect, right? <laughs> but my point is, no one is perfect. As a historian, I could take any historical figure or contemporary figure, and I can point out many problems that they have. And maybe no one deserves a statue. Would your criteria now be different than it was a year ago in terms of recommending? No. No? No, it would not. What, no. what is the criteria? How, how do you... Well, again, the cri- I just named it. I just told you. What was the purpose in putting the statue up to begin with? Were we memorializing Christopher Columbus as, what they say, a murderer and slaver? Is that, is that why the, perp- the statue was put up? Is that why the Columbian Exposition was named after Christopher Columbus? Is that why the first commemorative stamp issued by the U.S. government was a a commemorative stamp honoring Christopher Columbus? Is that why this, the city of Columbus, Ohio, is named after Columbus, or the street here named after Columbus? So, well, so no. then, Edward, are you actually saying that if you really look at it and start uh, nitpicking, you could remove every statue from this country, rename almost every city in this country, and begin from ground zero? I could, re- I could tear down every saint in the Catholic Church exactly. if I did that. I was just going to say You know, that. Mother yeah. Teresa had a terrible temper. She yeah. was not perfect. Uh, but did she have a tremendous life of helping other people? Yes, she did. So uh, these are human beings. And most importantly, again, social mores change. At the time of the time of Christopher Columbus, slavery was practiced around the world. It was wrong. It's morally wrong. We had to fight a civil war. The Supreme Court of the United States upheld slavery until that civil war. The Supreme Court of the United States of America upheld the, the uh, concept of the sterilization of people who they thought were uh, biologically inferior. In fact, the Nazis, the Germans, based their initial laws on our practices in the 1920s. We didn't end those practices to the 1970s. The United States is not a perfect moral country. And who is going to judge this now? Are we going to have the group that has the most violent mobs who in the end can tear down statues and threaten people's lives, are mobs going to dictate the social policy of the United States? There are people that say that we should remove Christopher Columbus's statue permanently from Grant Park because it threatens the lives of people. Well, that is surrendering to the anarchists. It sure is. And we're going to take a little break now. WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., on your dial, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackowitz here, Mark Teresi, for safe distancing as we talk to Dr. Ed Gordon about the Grant Park Monument Commission and how are we looking at the future in terms of how we will honor our folks uh, who have really changed lives and saved lives and, and, and moved us forward. Um, we'll be back in a few minutes. Please stay tuned.
Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. You're invited to Keep Hope Alive 2020, the online benefit and celebration of the Archdiocese of Chicago's Immigration Ministry and their nationwide program, Pastoral Migratoria. Join us virtually on the evening of Thursday, October 29th for a night filled with music, camaraderie, and inspiring speakers. Cardinal Blaise Supich and Sister Norma Pimentel of Catholic Charities of the Rio Grande Valley, who was recently recognized as one of Time Magazine's 100 Most Influential People, will be joining us to help keep hope alive. Now, more than ever, the immigrant community, both here in the Archdiocese of Chicago and across the United States, needs the leadership formation and accompaniment that Pastoral Migratoria provides. Registration is free, and sponsorship and advertising opportunities are available. Visit www.keephopealive2020.org for more information and to register. Again, that's www.keephopealive2020.org. When you think of the word neighbor, warm and friendly thoughts come to mind. Think of smiles across the yard, positive wishes, and looking out for one another on an ongoing basis. Catholic Charities Neighbors in Need Fund inspires all of these and much more. We've seen an unprecedented number of requests for assistance this year from people who have never needed help before. When you make your gift to the Neighbors in Need Fund, you are igniting hope in the lives of your most vulnerable neighbors, especially individuals and families who continue to struggle to put food on the table and keep a roof over their heads. Your gift will give them the resources they need to overcome the unexpected, very serious circumstances in which they find themselves now. Give online at catholiccharities.net or call 312-948-6087. That's 312-948-6087. Catholic Charities Neighbors in Need Fund. Thank you for helping build a world of kindness, one neighbor to another. We're back, WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial, 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackowitz here, Mark Teresi. We're safe distancing as we talk live on the streaming. phone. Pardon me? Live streaming this morning. We're live streaming. Um, we're talking to Dr. Ed, Ed Gordon. And uh, at least I didn't call you father this time. Usually I call you father. Remember when we father called his sister? No, 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 no. So here... <laughs> Here, here's my question. Yeah. There, there's fallout and residue from the decision that removed Christopher Columbus from the Italian community. I've read so many articles about wonderfully talented, self-sacrificing uh, you know, Italians in the Chicago area that really see this as an affront to all their good work. Yeah, they're angry. That's the way yeah, to put it. They're angry. 
So what, what you, uh, what's your take on that, Ed? Well, of course, Christopher Columbus came from Genoa, Italy, and they are identifying uh, this as an affront to the Italians. Uh, I think it's much broader than that. I don't think it's just the Italians who should be concerned. I think every American should be concerned. Because, again, the issue here is the rewriting of history and basically uh, erasing this man from the history books. And I think that that's wrong. Now, there are others in our society who have made contributions over the history of our country and before that as during the colonial period who have been ignored do they deserve statues in grant park or other places of course they do i'm not uh, i am not attempting to say well the uh, the figures of the past are the only ones that we've identified thus far who deserve it no one else in the past deserves to be honored that's not true but what I am saying is that in a case like Christopher Columbus, let us restore the statue at a time where there will not be violence, and let us put a marker there explaining the context and why he is honored and the context of that time and today so that people understand why that statue is still there. Most people, you know, those who do not know history are doomed to relive it. Mm-hmm. It's a great line. Do we want to start burning our books that we don't agree with. We want to follow what the Nazis did, what the the, uh, communists and the Soviet Union did. Do we have to have our little red book like Mao Zedong had in China and everything else had to be destroyed? Is that the road that we really want to take for the United States of America? You know, there are people in our society who believe that the history of the United States is only one of oppression and racism. I disagree. I dis- I'm not going to dismiss 200 years of efforts by our forefathers, our parents, to fully implement the values that are enshrined in America's founding documents. And if we follow that reasoning, it's difficult to understand why Frederick Douglass a African-American who earned his freedom, got his freedom before the Civil War. He defended the U.S. Constitution. He said it was a, quote, a glorious document and his celebration of the potential of our nation based on the ideal of inalienable rights. America is not perfect. The three of us know that. Yeah, now, Edward, just speak for me because you're saying so many great things here, and that is, Talk about we run the risk of destroying who we are when you feel you have to destroy the entire past and create anew. That's right. Well, what we're doing is we are pandering to certain people in society who they have judged what is politically correct. They have judged whether or not uh, the speech codes, what you can and cannot say, safe zones now in universities. You can't upset students by talking about certain things. The purging of independent-minded scholarship. That is not the purpose of a university, and it certainly is not the purpose of the United States of America. Now, just also talk for a moment how we've gone way beyond just Christopher Columbus, but other statues 
are coming down or, sh- or people are saying they should come down. I've, I've heard of the Blessed Virgin Mary statues being desecrated. In churches, right. Exactly. And well, so, Una Paracera in California, uh, who founded the, the Missions of California, that he was a slaver, a murderer, etc. That was not the purpose of Una Paracera and the Franciscans who manned those missions. And to say it was, people certainly ignore what the missions did. In fact, I can make the case, as someone, uh, I do programs on the California missions, Native Americans died in contact with Europeans. They died in Puritan New England, where they set up Christian villages to convert them to, to Puritanism. They died at the Spanish missions. They died in missions in Mexico and South America. And the chief culprit of this were what we're experiencing today, viruses that Native Americans simply had no resistance toward. There were Native American uh, Indian or Native Americans in California who became priests at the missions and were sent to Rome to study. Most of them died. Why? They were tortured. They were enslaved. No, they died of viruses that they had no defense. Okay? So when we talk about these things, I think people need uh, to study their history, or maybe we need to teach history. Uh, We need better history teachers. Uh, I taught history for many years. Many students would complain to me that history was uh, dry and boring, etc. And that's true. If you don't know the story, the human story, if you haven't read history as I have for my entire life, and we can, you know, history is the story of human lives. It's not something that's dusty and dull and dead and useless. You know, Ed, what's the what's the future for the commission and for the city as you look to honor future folks? Well, the uh, if if other statues, monuments, are uh, also challenged, this commission, again, will look at those monuments and give their recommendation on what to do with them. Remember, that, you know, there's a difference between Christopher Columbus and a statue to Jeff Davis, Jefferson Davis, the first and only president of the Confederate States of America. Mm-hmm. Why was that statue erected in Richmond? That statue was erected to honor him as the president of the Confederate States of America, which was a slave culture. Right. Again, the statue of Christopher Columbus that was put up was not honoring him for importing slaves to Spain, a practice that Ferdinand and Isabella stopped. They did not want a slave trade in Native Americans back to Spain. It was put up to honor what he did in terms of initialing the tremendous age of discovery that occurred. There are other aspects of his life that are wrong. But that achievement was very important at that time and had a major impact on European history and in the history of the Americas from that point on. And there is no way in which that fact can be erased. You know, Edward, we have to bring this segment to a close. I want to thank you very much for joining us. And there is so much more in this topic, but sure also is. that point you made earlier, but you made a lot of great points about, you know, even if you look historically, 
we'd have to undo all the saints in our Catholic tradition because none of them were perfect. Well, many of them weren't. I don't know about St. Francis. <laughs> but he had an earlier life that yeah. wasn't too hot, right? Yeah. All right. So. And on, that, on that beautiful note, I want to thank in a very special way Dr. Edward Gordon for joining us here in the program today of Catholic Chicago, and he is on the Grand Park Monument Commission. Edward, you'll be back on again, I think it is on Thursday. Thursday. And we're going to talk about COVID. COVID-19, yes. which unfortunately, when you were back on the program in March, um, when the COVID had just started, you said to all of us listeners, folks, this is going to be a long run. That's what you said to he us. He said like in, we were in, in the, the second inning. You were in the second, right. You, back in late March, you said we're in the second inning of the game. This were baseball. And that was back in March. And guess what? You are right. Before, out of curiosity, what inning are we in right now with COVID-19? Uh, I, I would say we're probably in the fourth or fifth. Wow. <laughs> okay, on that, wow, on that note, we'll see you Thursday. So thank you again to Dr. Edward Gordon. Give our love to uh, Elaine. 312-255-8408. Mark and I are socially distancing here with these masks on. And our gun number 312-255-8408. Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Teresi, stay with us. And again, do not touch that dial. 